Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Carolyn Watring. Carolyn is an influencer, a leader of women, and a recipient of the Chicagoland 2016 Woman of Distinction Award. As a financial planner, she has managed hundreds of millions of dollars in financial assets and is the personal financial advisor to many top executives at Fortune 500 companies like Granger, Abbott Laboratories, and LinkedIn. She has spent three decades working as a financial advisor with investment firms that are large enough to sponsor major golf tournament events and the largest football event here in the U.S. As the founder of the Financially Savvy Woman, she is one of only 2% of all financial planners that has earned the distinct title of Certified Divorce Financial Analyst as well. After the death of her father at two years old, Carolyn was raised by a single mom of six kids. Her mom worked two jobs and taught her early that if you work hard, you can rise above your situation and succeed. As a leader and host of the Illinois Women of Influence Group and a mom of two children of her own, Carolyn has helped thousands of women to succeed with their goals and truly be the financially savvy woman. And I had the pleasure of meeting Carolyn at an event that was hosted by a couple of friends of mine back in the end of 2021. And so I'm really excited to welcome you today to the show, Carolyn. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Well, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to invite you to the show is I really love this idea of the financially savvy woman. And so what I'd love to have you talk about, I mean, we mentioned it a little bit there in your bio, but I'd love to have you talk about like, what was your backstory with money? Were you the little girl that had your own lemonade stand or were you the one that was you know, playing cashier when you uh, were with your friends. Tell us a little bit about your money story. Well, truthfully, I can't even remember not having a job when I was young. I was always somebody who wanted to earn my own money, but I had the best mentor to look up to in my big sister because she was always just really good with money and she always had a job and she always had great like things and clothes and stuff that I wanted to have. So I figured if I wanted to be like her, then I needed to work hard. So, you know, my mom was a single mom and she was working hard and, and always providing for us. And then I had that big sister of mine who was a great influence. So I don't know that I had a lemonade stand, but I definitely, I, you know, I babysat and worked at a pizza place. And then as young as I can remember, I started working um, as a bus girl for the owners of a very high fine dining restaurant down the road, you know, eventually worked up while I was going to college and used for that money to pay for college. So I was pretty driven of always wanting to have my own money. 
Nice. Well, and you know, one of the things that I've noticed in my own life, as well as with the clients that I've worked with, as well as in general with women is many women are not financially savvy and many women, even though they might be able to make money, may not do well with either managing money or multiplying money. And also may not do well trafficking in circles of people who have a lot of money. So what I'd love to hear from you is if you could fast forward us a little bit through your career of being a financial planner, like what was it like for you the first time you sat down with somebody who had a hundred million dollars in assets? So I would say it's a combination of a hundred million dollars. I've never actually sat with one person who's had a hundred million, but when I when I meet with somebody who has multi-millions of assets, typically, if I'm working with a woman who I do, because I work with a lot of women in transition. So after they lose their spouse, you know, 98% of women outlive their partner. And they typically will say, Carolyn, I don't know anything about the finances. My husband handled that. Well, one day, most of your listeners are going to be handling it, whether they like it or not. So that was truthfully, the realization was not only do I have to make the right decisions in managing this money, but I have to teach her along the way. I don't want to be another man in in my clients' lives that are going to tell them what to do with their money. And I always say that. I say, this is going to be an empowering situation where you're going to understand what we're doing with your money. And you're also going to understand why it's the right thing to do. Because if I didn't teach you and to understand what we're doing, then I haven't done my job. And they always give me this look of fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get it all. I'm like, don't worry. You don't have to understand it right away. We're going to go over it every time I meet with you. And eventually it's going to be like osmosis. You're just going to start understanding. You remember, this is how we're doing this. And this is what a dividend is. And they slowly just start getting it. And we go through their plan. And they do eventually start really understanding, you know, most of the women who 41% of women say they're not confident about their knowledge when it comes to finances. But in fact, we have a bigger confidence problem than we do knowledge problem. Because when they actually do the tests, it founds that there's really only a 9% gap in the knowledge between women and men on how much we know about money. We just aren't as confident that we know it. So Mm. just having someone who can show them from start to finish, this is how your whole plan is going to work. That's where I really get my satisfaction in knowing that they understand. Mm, Beautiful. So what I heard there Mm -hmm. that I just want to underscore is that when you are hired by somebody to help them with their long-term financial planning, that you play a role more of building a relationship with them and educating them so that they feel empowered versus where most of the males may show up in that kind of a relationship with a woman who's potentially lost her spouse or something more in a command and control kind of directive way. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I will explain to a woman who's sitting down at a table with me or whether it's now virtually, Mm -hmm. I will explain that I'm not going to start talking to you about investments. We may not talk about that for our first two meetings, because you know what I need to do is I need to figure out who you are and what you want for the rest of your life. We're going to start out by talking about 
How much do you need every month to pay your bills? And how are we going to replace that income? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the foundation. Do you have the safety nets in place so that you are not going to be dependent on your family? That is the biggest fear that I hear, Angel, all the time is what if I run out of money or what if I make bad choices and I end up becoming a burden to my family? And the biggest concern is, oh my gosh, what if I get sick or I do live a long time and my kids have to take care of me? Because I don't think any mom wants their child to be bathing them, especially if they're boys, because my sons are not going to give me a shower. But knowing that I have the foundation in place that can give you the peace of mind, and whether that's through um, products like long-term care or whatever, we need to make sure that you may have all of the assets that you need to live comfortably for the rest of your life. But what if something derails that plan? A lot of Americans go through all of their assets because they're sick. And Mm. a lot of trouble happens when we all have aging parents and they have some money that they saved and they want to leave a legacy. They want to be able to give that money to their kids. And there's a big, huge conflict of, well, dad really needs help or mom needs the services, but we don't want to go through all of our money paying for it. Mm. So the first thing we do, we sit down is making sure that she has all of the safety nets in place so that she will never be a burden on any of her family. And then I look at everything from how much money does she have that she's going to get each month to be able to replace her income? And is there social security involved? Mm. And, you know, I'd love to tell a story about a client that I had and trying to deal with social security, and especially when you're in an emotional state, mm. ah, it's not fun. I, I have a client of mine and we'll call her Cheryl. And she came to me and said, Carolyn, I can't get social security um, survivor benefits. She had lost her husband, unfortunately, a week before his 61st birthday. And they had been married for 25 years and they were going to have their whole retirement together. And he was gone and she went to the social security administration and they said to her, no, I'm sorry, you make too much money to get survivor benefits. Here's $250. It's a death benefit. Basically go bury your husband. Thank you. And she was devastated. And I, we went through and said, okay, well, let's look at the other, she was working and didn't want to be, she wanted to just spend time with her kids and her grandkids at that point. And she wanted to move to the next chapter of her life, obviously. And she didn't think she was going to be able to do that. Didn't know how to, what she should do. We looked at the different pools and pockets of money that she had, and he had left a small pension and he had left a couple other things. And then there was a 401k and she had a retirement account. And I was like, what can we do if you stopped working today and we pulled your income down to the limit that the Social Security Administration says it needs to be? So it was under 19,000. Then is there anything we can do where all of a sudden now you can earn 19,000? Then they will give you the survivor benefits. And then if it's not up to what you're comfortable with, we can take that out of an account that's not considered a retirement account. So it's not additional income. So mm. there's just a lot of little things we can do when some, when you're working with someone who's educated enough with this type of thing to deal with it, we can do planning and we can do it in time increments, taking into consideration all the areas that we can pull the money from. Mm. Do it yeah. in a month. She would have lost those benefits. She was ready just to say, okay, and not get them. So now she was able to retire two months later and live on retirement benefits and wait all the way till she's 70 
until now she can wait up till she's 70 before she starts taking her social security. All right. Would have done very differently. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, what I'm hearing there, Carolyn, is not only are you financially savvy, but you're also incredibly creative. <laughs> so well, we are- if there's if there's things out there for us to take advantage of, we should know what they are. Right. Understood. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you are helping people, especially women, to become financially savvy and the eight principles of the financially savvy woman. But right now we are going to take a short break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share the show with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And I've been doing a little bit of behind-the-scenes research on the show and discovered that we actually not only is the show ranking in many, many countries, I think we're up to like... Well, we're downloading in 94 countries. We're ranking in like 22 or 23 countries. But I have discovered that we've got six episodes that stand alone are also ranking in multiple countries. So we're just really excited about celebrating that. We want to shout out this week to our listeners in Ecuador, Hungary, and Azerbaijan. And we will be right back with Carolyn Wotring. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, The Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back you can find out more about Carolyn at her website, carolynwotring.nm.com. There is a calendar link there for a complimentary consultation. So I highly recommend that you check that out. And also she has some information about the eight principles of a financially savvy woman. So please be sure to check that out. We will have that information for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, Carolyn, we were talking about what happens when somebody loses their spouse. And and as part of my research that I was doing into my own show today, I discovered that many of our listeners are in the like 44 to 58-ish range of age. And so many of those women are likely either dealing with parents who may not have these long-term care strategies in place, or they themselves are in a rite of passage where they've lost a spouse 
or they're getting ready to retire themselves, or they don't want to be a burden on their children. That was one of the things my mom said repeatedly. I don't want to be a burden on my children. And she ended up, you know, living with my brother because that was what happened. And, you know, at the end of my mother's life, my dad ended up having a heart attack. He had Alzheimer's, you know, there was like nothing left. There was nothing left. And she did have to be a burden, so to speak. I mean, it was in her mind on my brother's generosity. And so I'd love to have you talk a little bit about both the idea of long-term care. Like, can you explain that? Because that's a new thing in the lexicon. It's not something that not everybody knows what that is. So if you could explain that a little bit, that would be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks for asking for the clarification there. So most people, we, you know, it's one of those things that we really don't think about until we have to. So usually when we're taking care of our parents, and then we have a huge awakening realizing that Medicare pays for the medical part of your parents' care or your care in the future. It does not pay for someone to come in and take care of your parent if they're healthy. So if you had a surgery, they may pay for someone to come in for a very short period of time. But what about when mom or dad just doesn't really remember to turn the stove off or is just struggling with maybe wants to stay in their home, which we find now people are much healthier staying in their homes, but they want to stay in their home, but they just need some care. And that's what long-term care provides is it provides essentially an insurance policy that will protect the retirement assets so that you don't go through all of those assets that they worked so hard to have to be able to pay their bills. So their their retirement money and their social security, it's paying their bills on a month to month. It's not paying for an additional caregiver to come in. So essentially what long-term care is doing is it's giving you peace of mind. It's giving you peace of mind and making you not have to make that tough decision of we could probably bring someone in to help us for a few hours with mom, but then we're going to be going through her retirement plan and she's only got four years of that left and then we'll have nothing. And it's just a conflict that you're like, I don't want to be stingy with the money that I'm going to inherit, but in the same regard, maybe we could just do it ourselves. And then people try to do it themselves and then they end compromising their life or having to, like, I know personally in my situation, my mother-in-law was a angel to my ex-husband's grandma and she ended up retiring early and living with her and her, essentially her life stopped for a few years while she was taking care of grandma and she loved her mom and had a great relationship with her. So she was happy to do it, but if they could probably rewind the situation to have a situation where they could have had the money to have a caregiver come in and take care of things differently from an earlier point, definitely it's nice to have that situation. And what I'm hearing here too is, you know, still women, right? Women Mm -hmm. are often called by society, by culture, by conditioning to not think about what they actually require, but instead to go with their heart and to, you know, step out of their own life in this case, to care for somebody else for two years without actually calculating the financial impact and all the other impacts 
that might be there on their life for doing that. And it's like this sacrificial volunteering thing that is pretty entrenched with women. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about you know, maybe one or two of your eight principles of the financially savvy woman, because not only do I think we need to actually educate women more on having knowledge about money, but also having the confidence, as you said before we went to the break about money, but even more having the confidence to say, you know what, I actually need to say no to my heart sometimes and make sure I have put my head on straight so that when I do say yes, it's going to work for everybody. Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. And I wanted to throw out there something, the other thing that's a misconception about long-term care. I'll come back to that in a minute. But I love when you said, sometimes I need to trust my heart and, and learn what I need to learn. I use, in a lot of my speaking, I use an analogy for women. And I say, women, if you would not trust your husband to plan every detail of a two week vacation, what are you thinking letting him plan your 30 year retirement? If you think, oh, my husband handles it, he's got it, you may want to have a second set of eyes. And if that doesn't include having some kind of a long term care plan, you're most likely going to outlive him. And unless you want to, have your kids have to deal with all of this. It's something that you really should step up and say, you know what? I need to take care of this. I need to make sure this is in place. But as far as some of the principles of the financially savvy woman, I wouldn't have time to get into all of them, but give us one or two. The most important principle that I would say is a financially savvy woman knows her numbers. People think that money and, and finances is complicated. It's really as simple as a cash flow. You have to know what is coming in and what is coming out every month. So that's the first thing that we do. When I sit down with someone, I don't start with investing. I don't start going, well, the difference between a stock and a mutual fund. No, I say, you know what? How much money do you need every month to pay your bills? And when you stop working, do you see your lifestyle being about the same? Or are we going to need a little less money or a little more money? Okay. That's the first thing. How much money do you need? How much is going out? And then how much is coming in? And we look at the different areas of where that money can be coming from in different stages. But cash flow, she knows her numbers. She knows what, if I say, how much do you spend on groceries a month? How much do you spend on this? And we have an awesome feature that we can give through our company that is a free app. Anyone can have that. So if you go on my website, you can have that as well. It's you set up a portal and you can link together in one place your mortgage, your credit cards, and they will tell you what percentage of your spending that you're spending on entertainment, what percentage. And it, it it's just something that's really neat to be able to hold yourself with a little bit of accountability there. Mm-hmm. So, and it's nice to have one place to be able to log into all your stuff, but that would be one of the financially savvy principles. Another one would be to trust your gut. And that's another one that you said, you know, a lot of us, we don't do, we feel somewhere in our head that we should go talk to every other one of our friends and ask them their opinions, other than knowing that we know more than we think we do. And that maybe you could take a few minutes to just do some genuine research or look for someone who's a specialist. We're smart enough to know. We don't have to know everything. When you go to the auto mechanic, I don't need to know how he's going to change my transmission. I just need to know that I can trust him 
And the same thing with a doctor. If I'm going to go and have a surgery, I certainly don't need to know everything they're going to do. I just need to know who to have in place. And that's what I tell people is they need to know they have a plan. So a financially savvy woman, she trusts her gut and she has a plan Mm. and she knows how to work that plan. Beautiful. And she pays attention to her numbers. She pays attention to her numbers. All right. Well, we have just about two minutes left, Carolyn. So I want to, in that time to just to have you talk a little bit about who are your like, what I like to call the divine client, like the people that are the best fit to work with you? Are they, you know, women who are just getting ready to retire? Are they caring for their elderly parents? Are they recently widowed? Like how much money do they need to actually have to make it make sense to work with you? If somebody comes to you and they only have $10,000, is that a fit? So let's talk about that. And then uh, if there's anything else you want to say before we close. Sure. Thank you. So my ideal client is the woman who is I'd say 45 plus, because that is when you start thinking about and your mortality becomes a reality because you're like, okay, I don't feel the way I did when I was 20. So you know that, you know what, there's a chance I'm going to get old someday and that I may need something like this. So 45 plus woman, the sooner that we look at long-term care plans, the better you're going to be. I will say that the rumors that we've heard about, oh, long-term care is so, so expensive and it starts out you know, small and it goes expensive. There are so many different newer products and hybrid products that pay you interest and dividends that pay for themselves essentially after a while. And there are so many things where we can pick a level premium. And when you start in your 40s or 50s, you can get a long-term care policy for very, very inexpensive and keep it for very long time. There are standalone long-term care policies and policies that can be attached to a whole life insurance policy. But I would say my ideal client would not be somebody who's got lots and lots and lots of debt and no assets and nothing, because it's not very easy for me to say, how are you going to pay your bills when they don't have any way to? But my ideal client would be somebody who knows that they have pools of money out there, but is afraid maybe that they don't know the right strategies to use to effectively pull them. And I don't like to disregard any other advisors out there, but there are advisors out there who are not fiduciaries and people who will sell you a product and lock you into something so that they get a huge commission. And I want people to have confidence that I don't do that and that I don't believe that you should do that. I would say and I, my ideal client is somebody who will trust that I will take good care of them and and educate them and show them exactly what they're doing, what they should be doing. I treat every one of my clients like my sister or my mom or my friend. Beautiful. All right. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for treating your clients like your mother, your sister, or your friend. We appreciate that. And thank you so much for bringing illumination to this whole idea of long-term care and financial planning for financially savvy women. We really appreciate you coming here on the show today. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's episode by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. We actually just got a donation last week from somebody in Bulgaria. So thank you so much for sending in some fun funds. And we want to thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. 
Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.